We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Lightyear's podcast, we are back. Sam Esfandiari, Andy Lou. We are here to talk about who the Warriors can get for Kevin Durant this offseason. Oh, no, no, by midseason. Man, I'm, I'm trying to watch the end of this Rams-Chiefs game. By the time this is out tomorrow, I'm sure everyone knows who won. But what's up with the f- football and the NBA just being 100 and, 150 to 150 every game? What's that? Um, what's that NBA rule that they call? What, what do they call it this year? Where like you can't touch someone or something? Freedom of motion. Freedom, freedom of motion. Yeah, that that's the uh, that's the NFL. Freedom of motion um, on all like plays. It? Do you like it where it's like so skewed towards the offense? I I agree with you. I think there needs to be some. You got to give the defense some kind of chance. Like it almost feels like unless you're a great defensive player, you almost can't play you mean, defense. You mean like a Khalil Mack? Like, yeah, you, yeah, like Aaron Donald, trade? right? Yeah, why yeah. would you trade a guy like that? That's um, your team. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, you know, I'm still curious. Uh, this goes for the NBA, but I guess also the NFL. Um, if they'll actually call it this pro offense in the playoffs. Because like I kind of suspect – they're going to call this freedom of movement stuff for the NBA during the regular season. But when it's playoff time, you're, you're going to be allowed to assault Steph off ball. Yeah. That's kind of like how, um, well, that's kind of like in the NFL too, right? Like all of a sudden the, uh, like the new Orleans saints or right. like those Peyton Manning offenses. And I mean, these two that we're watching right now, the chiefs and the Rams, you're they're probably like going to watch them. Yeah. You're probably going to watch these guys struggle a lot in the postseason. Didn't the Rams get, didn't they lose that first game too? Like, yeah. Oh, 
like so I, yeah you're right i mean that's a great point that's kind of and that's kind of the the issue with the warriors offense right like it's great when steph is in for the regular season but then like come postseason all that low off the ball stuff is less uh you know, it's less free, right? Because they can just like Richard Jefferson smacked the, them. Particularly since all the good, um, not all the good teams, but most of the teams are trending towards like we'll just get a bunch of wings. Like forget having, you know, a Blake Griffin type having to switch on to uh, Steph. We'll just we'll get a bunch of guys like you know PJ Tucker, Al Farouk Aminu, like guys like that, um, which is a good counter. You know, which which I still think like end of the day doesn't matter um when you gotta go against Steph and Katie the only problem is like it's it's kind of like how predictable do the Warriors want to be because it's not like they really change the offense <laughs> we haven't seen him them really like they change lineups but they don't really change any schemes or any plays they kind of just like so let's let down with what they have so let's go into that um is this the first uh Owen Owen three road trip of the career I mean, it has to be um, I can't think of any other time I, Kerr's just had a Well, he's lost three in a row before, right? Or the Warriors have. It's just not on the road. So yeah. I guess that's fair. I think they've lost three in a row before. But yeah, I mean, in a way, that's just ugly too, right? I guess that's the first time. Yeah. I mean, it's... So Houston's, Houston's kind of refound their mojo. My, my boy Jimmy Enos told you he could replace Ariza. <laughs> um, the Dallas one was... They should have took that one. They yeah, left that, that one bad. on the table. That was bad. Uh, and then the Spurs, it was exactly what I expected. But shorthanded Warriors team versus the Spurs to be just yes. very ugly 1995 basketball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's been unwatchable. I, it's really strange. We're now 18 games in, and, and Clay's still shooting 32%. Stop. Three. Listen, the people read Sam's tweets. You're not – you're you're calm right now. You sound calm, but give it to me, dude. You are pissed. You're pissed about this offense. Um. Yeah. So let's let's go into it. My thing is, it's 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 devolving into just mid range jumpers without Steph. Like the offense doesn't create spacing nearly the way people claim it does. Steph creates spacing. Steph takes three bodies with him and creates all this room. And then, by the way, Steph pushes the tempo. Steph is a point guard no matter how much certain people want to claim he's not the point guard. We watched him do this with Draymond Green without Steph. I didn't see any ball movement. for the, This is for those people who claim Draymond's the true point guard of the team. <laughs> Steph's the one who gets the ball popping. Like, everything he does. Like, he, he makes quick decisions. He gets them out in transition. He plays a lot of give and goes with people. Um and so without him, it looks it looks like a fancy version of Phil Jackson's Knicks. Honestly. I mean it's it it's plays like dude, when I played high school, we had no offensive freaking talent, so we ran a motion offense all day and we ran like box sets and we ran like four high. Dude, you see Kevon Looney get the ball on the uh, on that free throw line extended a little bit, and he's running like a dribble handoff to Andre Iguodala to pass to Sean Livingston. What the like there's what is that? You know what I mean, right? Like, there's nothing there. There's no spacing. And, like, that's the good thing about Steph, right? Because when Steph gets rid of the ball, um, he allows someone like Draymond or Iguodala who don't provide any spacing, he allows them to, like, be that passer and not stand in a corner and attract, like, three people to one person, which is what's happening right now. 
Um, uh, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's ugly. It's rough. And, um, you know, it's, I go back to the stuff thing. Um, it is interesting how he can be a one man, one man spacer. Cause most teams like Milwaukee's a good example. Milwaukee, they got Brooke Lopez shooting threes. They t- told Middleton to shoot more threes. They put Brogdon in the starting lineup. Like they put a lot of guys focused on shooting. The Warriors really just got to have Steph out there. <laughs> well, hey, hey, listen, listen, but keep in mind this part, because I do want to push back on that, is that they built this team to say, hey, we've got Steph, we've got Clay, we've got enough shooting. We want to build this like crazy defense, right? This all wing right. switch defense. And so if you do that, you kind of can't have it both ways, kind of. But right. I mean, they have a lot of, but it's still tough. Yeah. They, they, Iguodala is the perfect example. Steph will pass to Iguodala and relocate, and he'll find him every time. If you don't have a guy relocating, you're just kind of passing to Iguodala who doesn't want to shoot, <laughs> you know, and that's like a lot of the Warriors roster, you know, like uh, Jordan Bell does that, you know, we remember in the playoffs when they did like the pass to Jordan Bell and threw the legs to Steph, like it's a lot of guys who kind of just want to be vessels to move the ball. Yeah. And, St- and KD's more traditional in that he'll, he'll pass it and and hey, you do your thing, or you pass it, he'll watch you do a pick and roll, and his first instinct, which him as a you know a greatest scorer as he is, his first instinct is not, hey, I got to relocate. Like, that's not his instinct, and that's and, fine. And but the, there's, a, there's a secondary part. Katie is athletic, but Katie's seven foot. He's not quick. Steph cuts off dimes really fast. You know, like he, he can cut left, can cut right, and relocate fast. Katie's a guy who... I mean, you can't expect a guy that size to cut like that. Yeah, I mean, that's true. So that's where the um, non-changing the offense thing is frustrating. Now, but but you have a theory on why Kerr won't do it. So let's go into that. Which one is this one? Basically about him trying to get everyone on, (laughs) you know, his page and kind of – get the drama out, like make it worse. So it gets better. Yeah. I I think (laughs) I say this half facetiously and I think cause you say this all the time and that's kind of what got me thinking about it. You say that Steve Kerr is someone that, you know, Phil Jackson, this Phil Jackson, that right. And Greg Popovich. The thing is that I'm thinking about is he's seen it all. So like if he's seen it all, he's thinking of ways and he's a huge philosophy person, right? So he's thinking of ways to create drama for this team so they're not bored or creating new ways and and forecasting what's going to happen and saying, well, I see that Draymond's pissed. I see that Draymond's not having it. We want to nip this in the bud right now. We want to make sure that we suspend him in November so that this doesn't come back to bite us in April, right? In November, none of this matters. They lose four games in a row, three games, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And they want it to be... We don't because he doesn't want to go for 74, right? And they no. keep winning, they they're happy. That's not something he wants. That's something like that. He doesn't want 2016 all over again. So he's like, okay, we make this tough now. And as Andre Godala says, you can't climb the mountain if it's smooth or something like that. I don't know what he said. But his point is if it's too easy, right, then where's the fun? Or if it's too easy, then all of a sudden when it becomes hard, you're not ready for it. Um so, so I think that's something that he thinks about because he's seen Jackson, he's seen Jordan, he's seen Popovich, he's seen all these great dynasties and how they've fallen. I think he's trying to get ahead of it, which is something that only a, a coach and a player with experience like that can can think about. 
Absolutely. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of it because we have a guest coming on who's going to be perfect to talk to this about. Well, before we get him on, do we? Uh, should I do my? Uh, should I do my? Uh... Tell him about the money you won this weekend. <laughs> so uh, I still got game on this uh, on this Chiefs uh, on this Chiefs Rams game, but uh, wh- before this ends, let's talk about uh, let's talk about how much money I've been doing. Um, so all right, so watching football is fun, like this ridiculous regular season Jared Goff versus uh, Mahomes duel that we've Both got right Steph now. Stands. <laughs> a lot of Steph fans, but it's even more entertaining when you've got action on the games, right? So you've heard me talking about for the last two weeks, and some of you still are on the sidelines. So whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little bit and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. You can essentially bet on, you know, Draymond yelling at KD and the Warriors losing. If both happen, you win. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. So there's so much to bet on. College basketball, you can do a little Zion Williamson. Got some football, uh, NBA, NHL, got some San Jose Sharks, uh, custom props, and even esports, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. So I recommend these guys because I trust them. My bookie has been business for years. They've got great online reviews. Their mobile site is easy to use, right? Um, you can do it anywhere. You can download the app, whatever it is that you want. Sign up this week and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and every DM. Not to mention that they've given more than 10000 in free money to their followers this season. So you'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and pops are posted. So don't miss out on the best week to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now, use promo code BLUEWIRE, and get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right. Uh, so now we have Marcus Thompson on the athletic eight. So one, I want to tell a little story. Um, so with a lot of like writers and, and people who, you know, do online writing, right. Not even newspapers. A lot of the times people say, Hey, look, I read this guy. Right. And they'll be like, I don't know who that guy is. Um, the last couple months, like people, when people talk to me about the Warriors, I'm like, Hey, you read Marcus Thompson's article. And they're like, yeah, I know Marcus. I'm like, wait, what? So now Marcus is that kind of famous now. He's not just like online uh, writing famous. He's like famous, famous. Welcome to the show, so, sir. Whoa, so that means maybe I shouldn't be doing light years. <laughs> this is beneath Dang. you. <laughs> I know. Have I ascended to the point where I don't do this show? Wow. <laughs> I did get a call from Cowherd, even though I missed it. What did he, what are you, what, were you going to be on like ESP or not, not, what is he, a Fox Sports? Were you going to be on TV too and all of that? Nah, he just hit me for a radio hit, and I didn't even see it. I got flooded. Choked. Somehow he's like the biggest Steph guy now. He is, right? I don't know. Him or Russo. Him or Ryan Russo, they're huge. <laughs> I saw that, too. Like, both of those guys kind of just go on pods, and, like, their new thing is just, like, calling Steph, like, the greatest player in the game or the greatest leader or all this stuff that, like, me and Sam didn't even think about. And we're sitting here like, dang, what's the point of us being around here then? I, I figure they found the uh, in the in the uh, words of Ethan Strauss the market inefficiency, and <laughs> and took over it. So you've been ousted, buddy. You're done here. <laughs> our uh, our our new thing and why we have you on is to talk about KD though. 
So me and uh, me and Sam have a. Uh, at this point, we have a love hate relationship on how we view Kevin Durant. But we want, we're here to get your thoughts. People aren't. I, mean, I feel like Katie has a love hate relationship it. with everyone. So <laughs> that's just kind of where we're at right now. It's is this the first time you've had to work in four years, Marcus, with this team? <laughs> Finally, interesting. It's been uh, you know fantasy, right? And now now this is the real NBA. This is this is actually kind of eh. I don't want to say it's a little bit boring, but it's riveting drama, except it's so messy. Like, I like, I kind of like the regular basketball drama. It, feel, it feels very old warriors to me. And I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get flashbacks of like, are we going back here? Are we, are we stepping back? I rather, I like the, uh, should you run pick and roll? Who should run the offense drama? I like that better. <laughs> Wait, that's that that's a that means that's a really bad thing if we're talking about old school Warriors drama. I mean, I remember locker rooms where players weren't talking to each other. Can you imagine that this day and age in the Warriors, like players just aren't are icy? Now I haven't seen Draymond and KD in the locker room because I haven't been there, but they're two spots from each other. So I really want to see how this plays out. And so far, from like how it sounds. Man, I really – I'm just saying this now. I really have gained a lot of, uh, I guess, respect for KD and how he's handled this. And I'll, I've always respected Draymond, but really – Why is that? I don't know, man. Yeah, interesting. How, how many people would respond this way? How many people would be this willing to turn around and say, all right, I'll, I'll do my best to, uh, you know, to move forward? But is he – I mean, you think they'd be talking? That's like true. The, the, the next game, like Draymond's talking and they're walking and they're patting each other and they're talking and they're laughing. I thought I thought it was gonna take Katie a week, you know. Well, well, <laughs> well Marcus, week. what was he gonna do otherwise? Same thing Monte did. <laughs> <laughs> like just not talk to you, you know. You don't have to laugh on the bench. You don't have to like. So when uh, I think Draymond uh, was coming down the break, he messed up the pass and he turned it over. It's like a second straight turnover. KD like said something to him, patted him on the chest, and run the other way. He had to do that because <laughs> he just ran the other way, right? But there's a there's a there's an effort from KD to to be amenable, so so to speak. I well, mean, you know, you know those guys who know how to take over the whole room with their mood. And Monte was like that. Baron was like that. Steven Jackson was like that. You know, I'm sure if you've been in any long-term relationship, you know what that's like, right? When somebody's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, you still mad? Like, you still <laughs> tripping? Like, he's he's made the, from what I can see on TV and stuff, he's made the visible effort to, like, move forward. And maybe I thought I thought it would take him longer to get to that point than it has. So, for me, that's like, all right, I respect that. But I guess that's kind of what KD is as a person and how he always is, though, right? Like, he always wants to make – he always wants to be loved, right? I guess, like, that's the only thing that you could say that KD has ever wanted. I, I guess there was a certain point where, like, hey, maybe we'll go to the Knicks. Maybe he doesn't care about championships that much or vice versa. That's kind of why he went to the Warriors. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, that kind of common theme for KD is that he always wants to be loved. So I, I – guess that could kind of explain that's that's why he's acting this way but it's also like 
he's also not playing very well see, at the yeah, same see, time. I was going to say, I have a different take than you guys. I, yeah. think he's, I think he's making the effort because he is – that's just what else who is he, he going to do? That's just who he is. Like he's not going to, you know, make – do the – ultra dramatic demonstrative thing lebron but, shit yeah but like his play also i know when he's engaged and when i'm watching a dude who's going out there and just like shooting not really interested in making the extra effort plays that he'll do when he's like that's really what you into saw last night that's what i saw yeah against san antonio yeah i just saw a dude who's just kind of going out there a little bit I mean, okay. First that's off, that's true. That that's KD though. Like he can he can go out there and drop twenty eight seven and seven, right? And he'll just be like, he don't really look like he was that into it. I mean, are we wrong? Like, is that is that not like that kind of that's kind of the vibe? And if that if that's the case, because he's tired, that's fine. But it also doesn't seem like man, he was making passes, he was driving and kicking, he was attacking the rim after his shots stopped falling. <laughs> that's not really a guy who's checked. If he just kept jacking three, I'd be like, all right, but. And look, maybe some of it was he wasn't getting the calls. He was getting frustrated. But clearly he started attacking the rim, like, let's trying to get the win. Maybe that's because, too, he knows, like, look, if we lose this game, it's on me. (laughs) Like, I was supposed to. But, I mean, I see there's definitely an impact in this game. Like, there's no question. Uh, And, you know, I just tend to look at these things through, through, like, personal relationships. I feel like what happens in the NBA locker room, what happens in professional locker rooms, is much more like a family than it is like a business. It's much more like, you know, relation, personal relationship than it is like a professional one. Because they're huh. so close, you know, like they get naked together and shower. Like, you know what I'm saying? They know each other's family business and all. Like, I mean, I, Tim is yeah, my Yeah, it's guy. a little different like, than me talking to. We uh... don't, yeah, we don't hang out. Me and Tim don't, like, Tim ain't coming to my house for Thanksgiving. You know, he can, but like Sam not coming to mind either. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a colleague thing there. <laughs> These dudes, their wives hang out. And they, they they just become family. So for me, I just that relationship just feels much more familial. So I feel like like if if it were me and my wife, you know, like you the vibe is just gonna be jacked up for like weeks. <laughs> you know, till she till she like, all right, all right, I'm ready to now to I'm ready to now start acting like you can work your way back. And for me, he just did that immediately. And I don't know, like, if Steph done it, if Steph had done it, I know somebody would have been like, see, this is why Steph is the greatest human in the world. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, he did get all the credit just for sitting in between him on the bench. Pretty much. And laughing, right? Yeah. <laughs> no question. How much of him enjoys that? Or, or does he even? That, that, like, he knows that he gets that. Because there's got to be part of Steph that's like, hey, this is kind of me, right? Like, I- I'm I'm unselfish. He takes pride in that, I'm sure. But how much is he kind of enjoying, like, hey, I'm going to get credit? Because when Steph's back on the court, everything's going to be fine, at least in those moments, at least on the court. Um, so he's going to get all that credit. How much does he enjoy that at the expense of someone like Kevin Durant, who obviously sees people like Colin Cowherd calling him essentially not a leader? I don't know if Steph enjoys it. I know he knows he'll get the credit, but I really do think in this situation, I feel like he really thought the season was like in jeopardy. Hmm. I I don't think it was a matter of like, hey, this is my chance to shine. I think it was, I'm not about to let these dudes 
<laughs> ruined my championship run, right? <laughs> I think I think that is Steph is a super competitor. So that's the sense that that I get is that I mean, look, I tried to talk to him for the story about how great he was, and he had, he wanted no parts of it. <laughs> right, so I was like, "Come on, Steph, this is a hype piece." But uh, uh, I I really think he's like, if he if you're looking at the the principal parties involved, I think he really was like, "I got to do something because this could derail our season, and we don't want to derail our season." And you know, I'm not about to let these two go down like that. And you know what the interesting thing about all this is, is it really underscores Stephen Draymond's relationship. I mean, those two, like th- those are the two right there. Like that's the that's the real. See you in the end of the Warriors right there. Yeah, like it's those two. And maybe maybe that'll change at some point. But I think that relationship ended up being really big this time around because no matter what, no matter what they say about, no matter what is happening, they all have to look Steph in the eye. And it's hard to look that dude in the eye and just be like, I don't really care what happens to you when all he's done is showing you he cares what happens to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be a sociopath to look at Steph and be like, yeah, I know you've done all of this and you've been everything I need you to be, but I don't care if I, if I screw you in this. So it's the I'm disappointed. It's like I'm not I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel like he's got those relationships with each one of them, where he could say, "Man, did, you know, what about what about the pact you and I have?" And then mm-hmm. go to the other one. What about the pact you and I have? Like the mm-hmm. one we made unofficially. Can we can we honor that? And by honoring that, you kind of honor the team pact. So I think his role in this was was much more like. You know, like it, it was necessary. It wasn't like if he didn't do it, hey, maybe this. What, what if he doesn't go on that road trip? And <laughs> who does it then? Who steps up and says, Demarcus? Yeah, it's Cousins. It's Boogie. That's who it is, really. <laughs> and it becomes his team. But then he's like, man, why am I doing all this for six million? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's facts. That's fine. I mean, uh, so that's kind of double edged, right? So you're kind of saying that, um, some of what Draymond said definitely affected KD, but part of it's, I guess, a little bit overblown because they're still going to play together at least for this season to get that title. Look, I don't think it's overblown. I think when they decided to suspend him and make it public, they blew it up. So we didn't blow it up. Matter of fact, I went to sleep that night not I thinking texted, it was a big deal. <laughs> I texted Marcus the next morning. I was like, yo, I woke up this morning. I was about to read The Athletic. I was about to learn some stuff. Marcus hits me and goes, nah, man, I wasn't even there. I was like, well, then it must not have been important. And, like, two hours later, Draymond gets suspended, and, and Marcus writes, like, a thousand words and, and a bunch of stuff that happened in the locker room. Yeah, I didn't know. I, w- I, I thought it was just, like, a regular thing. I thought the next day would be like, yeah, this is what we do. And we weren't privy to all of the stuff. And, like, I mean, and it's, in a sense, the Warriors said, hey, this is a big deal. Maybe you should investigate, Marcus. I mean, that's the best that I got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically what they said to everybody. Because now, once he gets suspended, it's like, oh no! And I know some of the stuff came out what he said, but I mean, they almost said, "Yo, this is huge." <laughs> I mean, that's what they said. So, I, from that sense, I don't think it was overblown. And I also feel like because people respond a certain way, like they handled it pretty well. Okay, does that mean 
we shouldn't have blown it up. That means that we didn't give it the proper coverage because they handled it well and like stamped it out pretty quickly because we've seen these things happen and it don't always work that way. Right. We've seen, we've, we've watched it happen and it doesn't work out that way. There's a team across the water or across the, uh, the, the parking lot that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't always work out where people come together and do the right thing. So I don't think it was overblown, but I don't think that means they can't overcome it, you know, and I feel like they are overcoming it. So I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. So I want to go back to um, kind of the piece you wrote right after it happened, which um, Ethan, by the way, called the article of the season. You can, you can rub that into him. He said that about your piece, but um, you, this one part just stood out to me the whole time where you're saying the general consensus was green was, wrong for going so hard at Durant instead of having a hard but civil conversation. Um, but the general consensus was the concerns about what he was saying were not off base. In other words, everyone was feeling it. Draymond was just, he's an asshole. Who, he was the only one who was saying it. And then he picked the worst time to say it. Um, it so my, my, my question is just general, like, how do you come back from that conversation where it's like, we all kind of think you're checked out on us by saying he's not. And look, I don't even know if they really think he's checked out just from what I got is everybody knew that. I mean, he made it very clear that, Hey, he he's keeping his options open and the message uh, you got to look at who's, who's uh, on this team too. You're looking at guys who have taken pay cuts you're looking at guys who signed for multiple I mean, years. KD's taking pay cuts. Yeah, he did. He did. I, that's what, in all of this, I don't really know what KD's done wrong. And I even asked several people, like, so what do you expect him to do? You know, like, I don't know what you expected him to do besides just take a deal he didn't want, right? So I, I think people were aware that this might be the last time, that this might be the last run. I do think Draymond was most affected by it, probably because of free agency, also because he's a dude that he's going to give you all he's got. He's going to give you everything. He's going to, he's going in the alley with you, and he kind of needs to know you with him. I just feel like if you if if KD you know addresses it, he'll be like, yeah, he's with us right now. He's with us for the season. It, it was it any different with Andre last year, or not last year, two years ago when he was right, last right. year and then went. They went pimping well, uh, it, Houston and Sacramento it for is, contracts. It is, like, it is different because there's no question it's different. But all those they could, all those dudes they could treat it the same. True, but all those dudes wanted to stay with the Warriors if they got their their number met. Which you know any no any question, rational yeah. any rational person's like yeah that's fair. Uh, Lake of Lake of will drive over a truck of money to. Kate so you got to talk right about now. that. So you got to talk about that, right? I think Sam, that's your point. You got, you management got, will do anything to do that. I think they're kind of annoyed at that. I think is the point. Like, can you just imagine that though? If you're like, if you're Draymond, and this is me in my armchair psychologist. <laughs> I got the I'm set up right at the mall at Bayfair, right next to the <laughs> the Annie Ann's pretzels and the champion champs. Look, if if you're Draymond and you've basically built this thing from the ground up, yes. it, it all happened with you. You've poured your everything into it, uh, and you know this is where you want to be. 
and it's being and and management is like, yeah, we can we can give you you know we can give you an extension, but you're not gonna get the full max, and you may not even be here, but it depends on what what Kevin Durant does. Yep, like that might. <laughs> Yeah. Like, hold on. Like I, yeah. I built this, you know, and I'm like, and I, here's what I think. I, I really do believe this. Let's say if, if 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 KD had told everybody, yeah, man, I'm coming back. Like I'm gonna do this another one year deal because I need my, I I want to get Full the supermax next year, yeah. right? So I'm gonna do one more one year deal, and then I'm signing. We about to have a party. We gonna run ten years straight on them. Like if he said that, then I think I do think. I think Draymond is like, all right, <laughs> like, uh, well, he's in, Steph's in, <laughs> Clay's in, I'm in, like, we good. I think it's the uncertainty that makes it like, hold on, like, why is he, is he not with us, right? It's like, what, what do we have to do more to make him say this is where he wants to be? And all of that could just be, I think most of that is just Draymond. I think the rest of them are like, look, Kevin Durant, you can do what you want to do. Would I have done it different? Perhaps, but you're they get Kevin it. Durant, right? Yeah. yeah, you're Kevin Durant. You, you've earned this. And I just think Draymond is one of them dudes like, hold on. I also think he got embarrassed in the moment, too, and went to the thing that he thought would hurt Kevin the most. Right? Yeah, and Draymond, you know what, Draymond, like, he... I feel like he's a type of person. He's like he'll say he's probably right in how what he said to to KD, but he's probably he was probably like that Paul Pierce trash talk, like how he was what he was saying to Paul Pierce. We're like, uh, you know, Draymond, like you make sense, but God, you're such a dick about it. He's like, going it was just, to the, he's so trying to hurt you, right? Yeah, it's yeah, so he's painful. The, he's going for the jugular, like that's. <laughs> I mean, it's who he is, right? It's why you want to on your team, but that is true. Like he's. That's Draymond. Like he's going for the jugular, and here's why I think they'll be they'll survive this is because he also goes way the other way. Like he he does just as much for you. You know what I'm saying? So I think they'll they'll have time to kind of mend that fence. Look, bottom line is Kevin Durant is a beast, right? And everybody knows it. So if he says I want to stay, all right, <laughs> they'll be happy to stay. But I do think. So so here's the thing, and Tim Kawakami said this the most, like it's a it's a situation similar to LeBron where like LeBron kinda everything is waiting on him, but the other players are all stars. Like it's not like Iman Shumpert, <laughs> you know, it's it's not a bunch of dudes who are like, yeah, LeBron it's not James Jones, right? Where it's like, look, as long as you wanna stay, we with you and if you you know, when you're ready to leave, we're gonna do something else. But these are other dudes who are like, man, I'm a star too. <laughs> like, I'm not just, you know, like even Kyrie was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm not waiting on this dude to, like, determine my career with his moves. I'm going to make my own moves. So I do think it's a little bit different situation when you have all-stars. Like, as good as Kevin Durant is, his teammates are not are not scrubs who have to just wait on his every move. Like, they, they'll be pretty good too. I think Draymond was was expressing that point. Like, and I think all of that stemmed from that. Even the turnover, it's like, all right, I messed up, right? I should, I turned it over. But don't act like <laughs> me pushing the ball is like this forbidden idea in the clutch. Like, I'm not a scrub. I, I'm, I can push the ball. I can, I, can, I can start the break. I can make the play. If you run with me, I probably would have hit you. 
Like, I think that's his mindset. It's like, I'm well, not out here. Like, I'm not a scrub. I'm an all-star. I can do this. Well, he, he wrote about that. I mean, he was – Tim wrote about that last season too and he kind of saying, like, the Warriors are the Warriors. And when you think of the Warriors and who how they became who they are, that's Steph, that's Draymond, that's Clay, And then you have that KD piece, which, I mean, honestly, made them unstoppable, right? They were never going to lose the last two titles. Um, without him, they may lose one. Um, there was a chance of that happening with him. Completely unstoppable. Regardless of that, though, um, it's he still runs a different type of offense. And part of that kind of reared its ugly head against Houston, right? And so that's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, they may change that offense a little bit to appease to him. And that's the difference between him and the rest of the team. I guess that's another part of the disconnect. And um, kind of it kind of showed in that moment where Draymond was like, dude, I'm not driving to to shoot the ball. Everybody knows Draymond's not shooting the ball when he's pushing it. Um, he's he's pushing that thing to pass to KD for a wing three. And uh, I don't think that's something KD will ever understand. But, I mean, does, he doesn't really have to because he's good enough to not. But I guess that's the difference. I mean, I think he will understand, though. Like, I do. Like, he did when they screamed at him in Memphis. Look, I do think there's a sense of this. Uh, and, look, Draymond is the same way. Like, hey, man, I may... I may yell at you, right? And I may bark back if you yell at me. But in the end, it's all just me, like, working this all out. It's not that big of a deal, right? I do think there's a little bit after KD. Like, look, I may not like it. I may pout, right? I may I may disagree with it. But, dude, I'm not out here. I don't know – I'm not out here, like, crying because you're not running offense how we're supposed to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do feel like over the course of a season, there's a clash that will happen. But if KD said, I'm taking my $221 million <laughs> at the end of this year, who's going to be surprised? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know I don't like when I don't get the ball that much or when we run or when we're making passes just to make passes. But – that don't mean, you know, like it's a deal breaker for me. Like, see, that, that, and that's the part where I can get maybe it's a little frustrating because you really just don't know. Like, you just don't know with him. Uh, and that's because, like, he probably hasn't made that clear. But if he just came back and resigned and said, yeah, man, no, I don't like these parts, but that's cool too. Like, I'm cool with parts I don't like. And yeah, you're going to hear from me. Right? I'm going to say something. I'm going to get an attitude, right? Yeah, but that's just part of dealing with me. And everybody has those elements. So I do feel like when this thing gets to chase, it will probably be a repackage in any way if he comes back. And and, it'll be, and the Warriors basketball that uh, <laughs> that we know is going gonna, is, is gonna to be different. It's going to have to be a new core, partly because, like, you'll have this central figure who will be the highest paid player on the team, highest paid player in the league. And you might have, he might have some say now, right? They're going to be like, Hey, I'm the outsider. I can't tell y'all what to do. It's like, no, <laughs> here's what we do. So I, I don't know that he's saying I'm going to leave because I'm not getting shots. Like I, I don't know that his unhappiness about it or whatever in the moment, I've just seen the dude always bounce back and chill. Like I've seen him not be happy and then bounce back and chill. Like, he probably <laughs> he probably complains more than you would think, right? <laughs> or, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, he probably, like, is going at people or listens to the outside more than you would like. 
but in the end, he he does like Draymond does. He bounces back and he's back playing ball again. Like that, that's what we see. I don't know that it's a guarantee that in the end it won't just be that too, and he'll just be right back with the Warriors. Unreadable uh, is what I'm getting. Unre- but um, <laughs> and actually, that's actually what I wanted to get next to. I cannot figure out. It hit me during the the Houston series last year, and it's kind of something I just noticed the whole way. I have no read on how KD and Kerr like their relationship in general. Like I know how Kerr, I know Kerr and Draymond's relationship. It's it's exactly how you know it should be. <laughs> um, and then like Stephen Kerr's is and and uh, Clay and Kerr's is are pretty obvious in their own ways too, but. I can't get a read on how KD and Kerr feel about each other uh, beyond the, the fact that they're both, you know, generally polite people and say the right things publicly. I like there was a whole thing in the Houston series where he's, you know, trying to tell KD to trust his teammates like Jordan. And then, um, you know, KD is the only player who will kind of constantly be like making comments such as, you know, like, you know, warrior basketball is five, six, seven pass in a possession, but you know, we're not getting anything from it. We're just kind of passing for the sake of passing. Uh, and then it's just guys passing it back to me or clay at the end of the shot clock. Well, last year when uh, what was it last year when he said, um, Steve was like, I don't, I don't think we cared. Yeah. The Indiana and game. Katie, and he was like, you know, we got out strategy or something or we got, yeah. <laughs> came back. Like, like yeah, Katie will do that. It is a, it is an interesting read on their relationship. It is it's a tough read because I still I don't think any of them before this last incident have been to the point where they tell each other the utmost truth. Okay, <laughs> and maybe they do, and I just don't see it. But like, there's some eye ro- there's some eye rolling with Katie with some of. Kerr's uh, lineups well, and like didn't, long didn't KD game choices. say Jarebko should have started? Yeah, yeah, that was Jarebko should have started in like the Milwaukee, earlier this season in the Milwaukee yeah. game when they started uh, Jordan Bell and Damian Jones together against Giannis, which like everyone knew that was just not going to work. And you know what happened is you know they got blown out. KD was um, the next game made sure exactly. to like, yep. praise like well you know. Uh, it's good that coach put Jarebko in with the more space and like, it makes more sense for how we play. <laughs> He'll he do right. that, man. He, I he mean, he is right. The dude knows, yeah. He knows basketball. Here's the thing. I think with KD, like I think that Milwaukee game, I think he wanted to go with Giannis. I think there was a chance for like a marquee game for a fun game. And it became a strength in numbers game. <laughs> and he didn't really want I, I think the sense in the locker room was this was yeah we're hyped for this game, and and it's hard to get hyped over eighty two, yeah. um, particularly when you've accomplished what they have. So it's like those little moments for Steve to kind of just like, well, we're just going to strengthen numbers it because it's November. Kind of <laughs> it, it seems to bother KD more than anyone. Like the the, the you know like Steph Clay those guys are just kind of like, well, this is just what we do. Because KD cares about what people on Twitter got to say. That's why. Because <laughs> that he cares about what Andy has to say on Twitter. Who cares what Andy has to say on Twitter? That's why he'd be taking those games so seriously. Well, I'm, I'm, doing a, I'm doing third person. Of course I care, but that's me, man. Who cares about me? <laughs> you don't take that as a compliment that your voice matters? 
To him? I don't know. I, I'd feel like I feel like it shouldn't matter to him. I don't know if I take that as a compliment because I feel like that's one of the things that will drive him out of Golden State. Andy feels like, so gu- Andy feels guilty. He's driving Katie <laughs> out. And at the same time, I'm like, you know what? That's that's just how I feel. I mean, if you go, you know, that's just how it is. But that's one of those things that's like, that's why he's, that's why Steph and Clay probably don't care. They're like, I mean, I guess Steve Kerr blew the game, but you know, if we play him in the finals, we're probably gonna win. Basically, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's this idea of like we're not doing this in the playoffs. So let's can we just play like we're playing in the playoffs? Right. <laughs> I think right. I think that's the yeah. most infuriating part. It's like you get that lineup out there and they're all smart enough to know like Steve, there's <laughs> there's no circumstance in which you're throwing this in a game that matters. What are we doing here? And, and look, I said that the role of great, great players will always always like have an issue with being over or being coached. Like not not being coached, not put in position, but where it becomes a okay coach, like chill. Like at some point you kinda just gotta let me do this. Like from back in twenty fifteen finals where it's like when Curry thinks to to Curry is like, Look, dude, I understand back screens, move the ball. But at some point I just need to take Della Vadova. He's right here in front of me. right like let's not overthink this so i i do think there's some great player elements i just here's what i just think i really believe this if kd signs all of you would look like idiots because you overblew everything along the way (laughs) be like and he literally could be like i don't even know what y'all was talking about i was gonna sign the whole time (laughs) then what would you say like (laughs) marcus we gotta we gotta do a pot every week come on (laughs) <laughs> like this is this is what we got to do here, man. Uh, this is all we can talk about. We not we not gonna talk about you know yeah, Queen Cook being good. Pods every week. This is what we do. We got pods every week. Hit the subscribe button. Light years podcast. Apple Store. Come on. Or iTunes. Whatever. That's oh, cool. Uh, I'm just saying, be ready to eat it. If that design, <laughs> if you take the money. Listen. Like, I don't know what all right. We'll we'll, we'll pivot. We'll pivot to back screens next week. Stay in the same well, there, space. There was a me and Sam were legitly so happy the first two weeks of the season because Steph and Katie looked the greatest that they've ever looked together. Like the chemistry that they oh, had was. Man, I'm working yep. on a piece about it. I was like, oh. yo, let's go. And then <laughs> do you see them like you know being cool again? It's probably a better question for you, but you did say they're kind of like family. If he's if if they're family, and wasn't Draymond like the one that's great friends with KD before he even joined the Warriors, yeah. right? And so like, it, it's just it'd be kind of tough to see them fall apart, not like as teammates, but just like as friends in real life. Like that'd be pretty rough, I think, for that to happen over over what? I don't know. I I do feel like you know ha- as having wrote the biography on Kevin Durant. I do feel like he is uh, he is well versed at dealing with complex relationships. He has some experience in that department. Have you finished that book yet, by the way? I finished the first manuscript and I'm in the process of doing edits. So So is that going to come out before the, or sorry, is that, is that going to be before the season ends then? Like, are you going to have to stop before the season ends? Oh, you can't delay it. You can't wait until like the Warriors blow a three zero lead with KD or something like like it was the first time you wrote about Steph. Nah, <laughs> I can't delay it. If you can talk about it, if you can't, you can't. But what is it about KD um, that allows him to maneuver through difficult relationships? 
I mean, I think at his core, he's like just a, a, a good, humble dude. Like, and he just wants, like you said, he wants to be loved and he wants to, he wants to be cool with people. And I think that's something he's always wanted his whole life. I think he's a dude that's just like, he's had so much turmoil. Like he just prefers peace. <laughs> I really do believe, I mean, think about it. Hmm. Like where I'm from, um, you know, many, many people don't like don't know their fathers or their mm-hmm. fathers disappeared and once he out like you hate him you know i know many dudes like i'll never talk to him mm-hmm. this dude's dad left came back and now we're as close as people as his father you know so he's like i kind of would rather have my daddy than have the hate <laughs> you know what i'm saying Damn. like that's yeah <laughs> that that that's my <laughs> that's somebody who's thinking like hold on like i understand how to cherish what i have instead of what I miss. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like these dudes have been through things in their lives that, that are just different. And this is all great for us on Twitter and in the mm-hmm, chat mm-hmm. rooms and water cooler. And it's fun, and, but they've been through stuff where it's like, all right, man, I can get through this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. a part of me is just like, I feel like KD is just that he's just, a, he's a lot like, like, you know, I think that I think he's a very, uh, complex multi-layered individual and one of those layers is a lot like Seth. It's a lot like hey, I just I, I just want everything to be cool. Let's be peaceable. Let's be a good example. Let's be let's be uh uh kind to each other. Like there's there there's that layer of KD. And you know, we've I've seen it through his whole career. Remember before all this he was just the humble superstar who's the anti-star yeah. at Oklahoma City, right? Like that that part hasn't left. But I just think that wasn't all of him, and nobody right. saw it because he was in Oklahoma City, <laughs> right? And he was pretty good at hiding it in his own words. But I do think that's still there in him, and the things that he's been through in his life, like he still somehow manages to want to just be. He just wants to be like at peace and in good relationships. Like I think that's one of the draws of the Warriors. Like he was like, "Yo, man, look, <laughs> I don't have to deal with this." the strife and you know what I'm saying? Like look, they, they play together. Like there was a part of him that was drawn to the, the, the AAU elements of the Warriors, you know, the, <laughs> the cupcakes and the, <laughs> the pizza after the game. And you know, they got Damn. that whole vibe. Right. And I think he was drawn by that. So I, I do think there's a part of KD that's like that. And it's actually, yeah. you know, once you get older, and you get out all, all past the jokes, it's actually pretty admirable. Because look, why he just did fire on Draymond. I, I'm that's I'm surprised that that's I don't know how to like I'm surprised about that. I, I just people are gonna say that he's soft, right? Like that's people's response. They they gonna be like, oh, why is he yelling at the fan? Why he's not yelling at Draymond? But there's gotta be something else there. I mean, he was yelling at Draymond. He yelled at him like I don't. Or he got yelled at yeah. him. Problem. Like he he said some. I mean, he started it with yelling at Draymond. <laughs> You know? But like he could have came back at him with like a response that I'm sure would have made Draymond more pissed. Like there's a multitude of things. That yeah, he yeah, said. yeah. No question. No question. Yeah. No question. No question. I mean, look, he could have just that's the easy answer. Bing, bing. What? Nah, but I do think there's a there's an element of KD that just likes like like that's why he that's why he likes basketball. Like man, I hear him all the time. I just want to play hoop. <laughs> that, but that was his whole life. Like. I'm gonna stay away from the drama by playing hoop. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use hoop as my escape. That's why you hear him all the time. I just want to play basketball. Because that's just, 
there's a core element to him that's that doesn't want all that mess. He don't want all that, you know, he don't want all the mess with it. So I feel like I feel like there's a part of him that could actually figure out a way to make up with Draymond. You heard it here first on Light Years Podcast. It's Marcus Thompson, KD is signing the max. You know, like you say it that <laughs> way, and it, it makes me feel like, damn, it's just not that fun to joke about KD now that you say that. So I appreciate That's you. Great. That's my whole life. I just wrote a book on a dude. I'm like, yo, this is like, I yeah. don't understand what's happening here. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That that said, uh, it was it was very it was it's it's not it's not as funny anymore when you know what he's been through. Yeah, like it's just it, you kind of look you kind of look at him and you see like the honesty and you see like the the set like the the just how he feels and the way he talks like you kind of I mean I never gonna understand that but it you can kind of say like okay like this is where he's coming from right and and it's not like he's a bad person he's never done anything bad off the court he's never done anything outside of like go at a 13 year old on ig like what's the worst he's ever done right like really there's there's nothing like even like the draymond who's gotten arrested for things like well clay's the clay and stuff there's nothing but with like other nba players there's always gonna be like there may be something with katie is nothing like you're right he is a good dude it's just i guess it's it's tough but you know the other question is where else can he go after the season where he fulfills that part of himself that he thinks and that's he may what, need? And that's what I'm saying. Like, the more I think about it, where, where is he going? <laughs> like, for real, where, is he, where, where does he go? Where does he go? And he, and he looks at that place and is like, yeah, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, this is a better fit right here. <laughs> Obviously, L.A. Like, with LeBron. I don't think that's it. <laughs> if he's leaving, right, especially for the theory that like this will never be his town because it's uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. How you gonna go play next to LeBron? Like that—that that would be the ultimate. Like if you thought Steph's stands were bad, what happened? <laughs> you did. Now you go into a place with Steph, with, with LeBron stands and Kobe stands together. Like KD stands won't have a chance. <laughs> All five of them, man. <laughs> Sheesh. Nah, it's about, it's about 20. <laughs> they're, they're rising up now though but uh hey we got to uh marcus i really appreciate you coming coming on being the arm armchair psychologist for kd and uh kind of turning light years podcast into kd fans hold appreciate on hold on, hold on hold on Is that, that's it for real <laughs> what what do you want to talk about I man we ain't talk about basketball <laughs> listen we were so we were there was nothing that made us more excited than KD Steph. And then after the last week, me and Sam were just like, you know what? I think we'll just talk KD for the next month. <laughs> so I, I want to hear what y'all think now. Like Sam has never Sam has never been more mad about Kerr's offense. I'm infuriated. Never been. I actually was gonna get into this, but we 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 got all uh, side tangent on KD. I guess we can go into it now. Please. Um there's no reason the offense should be this bad without Steph. There's there's layers to like they they shouldn't be as good as they are with Steph because Steph is one of the best players offense players of all time. But there's a huge gap between that and this 1992 offense that Steve Kerr is running, <laughs> and it's. And I think that's what's infuriating for me. I'm, I'm like watching it, and Katie called it out. Um, 
just let him run more pick and rolls. Like maybe put more of your shooters on the floor. Do do something different than trying to run the triangle, which devolves into KD and Clay post ups. I don't I don't understand why he's not starting Quinn Cook. Like that's defense. for me. It's just like defense. Okay, what does defense matter if you can't score? <laughs> He he I mean, thinks I think Kurt thinks that KD's like Steph, right? In that like he's a great offensive player, like things are gonna happen. But they built this team around Steph where guys have to do different things. And me and Sam were talking about how Steph moves nonstop. KD's not that guy. He can't be that he's, guy. He's seven feet tall. He's not gonna be able to he's make like quick cuts like Steph. It's just it's physics. Doesn't doesn't give him the like LeBron that. offense, you know, put shooters around him, let him cook. Yeah. That's what I, I, I would I would say put Cook in the game. I wonder what Steve normally has like a like another motive, right? And maybe it's just, hey, look, it's fine that we lose these games. It's fine that it's a struggle, but we're finding Jarebko, we're finding Looney, like we're we're finding uh, Jordan Bell, Damian Jones, like maybe so so when they come up big in game five of the west finals oh god like he'll be like oh, i told you this was i'm playing this since november right but i really do wonder after three games like after 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 two games of like porous offense that can't shoot a three like he really sounds like denzel in in uh remember the titans where it's like man we got you got six plays. It's like Novocaine. You just keep running them. It always <laughs> works, right? It's like, I think that's the, like, man, we got to move the ball more. We just got to that's the better. That's the frustrating part is uh, as of this morning, Clay leads the NBA in mid-range shots. It's like oh. watching the Mark Jackson offense again. On the one, the we, the messed up part is some of the shots Clay's are hitting are, are just silly. So it's like enjoyable to watch it, but it's not good basketball. To, to just watch everything devolve into Clay taking a turnaround 18-footer. What what if this is lowering Clay's price? Like, what if he's keeping it so he can say, hey, Clay? It's not going to yeah. matter. Someone's throwing the max at Clay, no matter what. But they, the, max, uh, the max won't be as high as what they can offer. There's always that the, middle ground, right? There's that middle true. space. So they can go half on the middle space. And still, and still pay more than what anybody else could offer. <laughs> and then they'll, and then what are they gonna offer Draymond on the mid level? Is that what they? they that's what they got left for <laughs> Dre, right? Level, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, that's that's one of the things where like, uh, and Sam talks about this a lot. The, the Kerr's ego. I'm a huge Steve Kerr guy. I, I think like his thing of like allowing or like making Andre Iguodala realize that hey, coming off the bench is actually a great thing for us. Like that and coaching the managing Draymond and all those things makes him like a top three coach in the NBA. But his like light years thing of hey, everybody's gonna shoot threes. I'm gonna shoot wide open range jumpers. Listen, that that's like one of the things where it's you were not you are not the offensive generational talent here. Steph is right. The only reason why this offense is as great as it is, is your system is fine, but it's also because of Steph. So you can't just not adapt to the players when the players change, um, I think is the issue. And I think that's the ego problem that Sam talks about. That's like, you got to adapt to the players. You don't have a player's adapt to you. Look at Greg Popovich. He's changed his offensive system like four times. Um, and so that, that's kind of the problem too, I guess. I mean, until Steph comes back. 
And also, like, when the defense adapts to you, right? Like, everybody knows what the Warriors are doing now. All they're doing, like, everybody doesn't have the personnel to do it, but we saw Houston do it last year. Man, switch everything, overplay on the perimeter, forced them to take inside shots inside the three-point line. And they're like, okay. <laughs> you know? And there is a there is an element of, yeah, to take what the defense gives you, that's great. But it's also not their character. It's not who they are. It's not why they're so incredible. If they're just going to take twos all game, they just become a really good <laughs> 1980s basketball team, right? Like that's, what, that's what they are. But this is 2018, and everybody's jacking threes. <laughs> and, and Steve is betting, look, in the end, people said we were a three-point shooting team, and we weren't able to, and we showed we were more than that, right? And they were wrong, and we showed we were more than that. So I think he still believes three-point shooting teams don't win. I think he still believes that. And all these teams that are jacking up 53s, he's looking at it like, y'all think that's going to win, really? No, let me tell you what's going to win. Oh, Defense God. is going to win, and offensive execution is going to win. <laughs> right? Like, I think DeMarcus Cousins in the post is what you're telling me. Basically, that's why, I didn't want, that's why I didn't want Boogie, because it's just – I know exactly where this is going to go. I mean, Myers has joked about it. Like, Steve, you have to let him shoot threes. That alone let me know Steve's first thought was, we're going to get him. I'm going to threes. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's been he's been doing this dumb three-point thing. I'm going to get him back in the post where he needs to be. And You know that's coming. You know oh, it's coming. So that was one of the things where, where Popovich was like, yo, I, I don't – I hate threes. Like, that's but not his thing. Jack him. Yeah. But let's jack – exactly. He was like, yo, let's chuck him. Like, and then they became, like, the most beautiful offense we've ever seen in basketball until the, until the Warriors came along. But that, that that was his thing. He was able to adjust. And if that's something that Kerr, I guess, struggles with, we'll see. But, I mean, I guess it'll never hurt him because they'll always have too much talent um, if and until, I guess, KD but leaves. But it does, it does make you worry that he thinks it's the execution – as opposed to the talent. Like, I don't know how you can credit execution when a game devolves into, like, KD making 15 difficult <laughs> long God. twos just because he can. You know, like, is that execution or is that just pure talent? I mean, they completely violate. I wonder, I always wonder what Jim Barnett is thinking because I straight learned basketball watching Jim Barnett. And one of the things that I've learned is not from Fitz. At, at the end of the games, this wasn't around when I was growing up. It was, it was Papa. <laughs> Steve Barnett. Uh, or, so, in the, in the, at the end of games, you want high percentage shots. And they don't even look for them. It's like, they're not, it's like nah, let's not, let's not get a high percentage shot. Let's just get a shot. And maybe that's what he's saying. We're not getting great shots. But all they're doing is, hey, when that ball hits the hands of one of the nine stars, let's overplay the stars. Let's make it harder for them to get the ball back. That's all they're doing. That's it. And now these the non-star has to make a play, which is exactly, if you're a defense, then you're like, yeah, that's what we're doing. So all that's going to happen in the playoffs, though, is going to be like, all right, let's go pick a row. And then none of it matters anyway because they do have the best talent. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. KD, Steph, do your thing. All right, let's unleash it now. And we thought at one point that that would hurt them because they hadn't run it. And it just hadn't hurt them yet. I, it's gonna take a loss. It's gonna take a. It's gonna take a loss to make an adjustment. I think. I feel like it's gonna take something significant for them to say, "All right, let's 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 retweak this." Or 
a locker room revolt where they're like, look, we're done with the 88 passes. <laughs> hey, that, let's go that's why that's why we were talking about like we were enjoying that kd said hey kerr made the right move by going with Jerebko for spacing like he's the only guy like even draymond ha- hasn't really said anything at least to the public like hey he'd rather do it well, this draymond, way right they draymond at least likes the passing because everyone knows but draymond he's he's the guy <laughs> yeah, right no but kd speaks the facts about it and steph would never and clay would never and so yeah, nah, definitely that was coach like that, not publicly. Uh, uh-uh. but KD will call it out in a heartbeat, no question. Uh, and you know thing. what? That's good. Absolutely, it's good. I w- because it's how things are gonna change too. Like it's how it's gonna happen. And look, the truth is, Steve is probably right. Man, who cares in November? <laughs> like, like who really cares? Except for you know people who really want to see. Warriors we'll 80, 80 all year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, but who, who really cares? But I, I think they do care. I do think they want to have some fun and they do want to they want to play a style that they like to play. And so, so I feel like that might actually be getting to KD maybe more than anyone. Um, in the sense of like, you know, Kerr Kerr wants him to be the Spurs. It's just it's his ideal and and all that sort of you know strength in numbers like it you know everyone plays blah 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 and I think it's harder for KD than anyone to kind of buy into that over eighty two just like you're saying like I just kind of want to hoop and enjoy myself a little bit you know with like a matchup against Giannis instead of like making this like you know, a job like, no, we're going to play Jordan Bell and, you know, you don't get to go at this guy. And I think that's kind of where Steve might have to like, you have to give, you have to give guys like a little rope to enjoy themselves in November, in December. I also think, you know, Bob Myers gets a little bit of the, uh, (laughs) of the smoke too, because, you know, KD said last year, uh, this team is built, you know, built around Steph is built for Steph and it's like I mean even though the situation came about in a surprising manner we all knew at some point these dudes were going to sit out right we knew at some point they were going to rest these guys that was the plan was to keep everybody's minutes down keep people fresh and you were going to need that bench and now you're looking and you don't have playmakers you don't have shooters right (laughs) it's like come on (laughs) <laughs> and Jarepko, Jarepko has been, like, you know, a really good find. Like, a really good right. pickup. Somebody they wanted for a while, and he works, but. Shout out McKinney, too. <laughs> yeah, McKinney. I mean, McKinney's come back to earth a little bit. Right. You know, he had. But, he had well, I didn't, uh, think he, I didn't think he was going to shoot 60% from three all year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you, so, but you know what it is? Like, they kind of got stuck with Cousins because, well, it's quote unquote stuck. And because Cousins was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to come to you. And they couldn't use that mid level on, you know, someone like Tyreek, even though I don't think Tyreek would have taken it, right? But, or some other wing, right? Um, and I guess, like, the, the other problem is, which I thought he made a mistake was they wanted to go young. Alfonso McKinney, whomever it is, and they should have had, they should have signed someone like Jamal Crawford. I know you've talked about this a million times, but I agree. I'm like, dude, you, I don't care if Jamal Crawford's 45. He probably can't hoop no more, but at least he's someone that can get a shot off and like not dribble around 
and and you know play hot potato on the perimeter for you know every six minutes off the bench right so like at least he was someone that could get some type of shot so i always felt like they should have got someone like that um like a jamal but i guess mckinney's cool he was fine uh when he was playing next to steph but this is kind of what happens when those guys are out exactly right and you know I think if you throw like somebody like Jamal in there, and now you got another ball handler, you, know, you got another guy who can uh, not make a shot. Yeah, who's not scared, who the defense will have to honor. It, I think it helps if if Quinn Cook, like if say if Quinn Cook just becomes like a miniature Steph, like play him like you would Steph, and and not not change. Like it's it's just right. he's shown he can create off the dribble. He's shown he can get to get to spots on the court. He's got an array of shots. Just say, look, I know you won't be as good, but just do what Steph does. Like, put him out there and let him be that guy. He's had big games, but for some reason he gets out there and it's like he becomes, you know, a cog in the, uh, in the, in the, the, pa- the, the five, six, seven, eight passes to pass scheme. Like, like at least set some back screens or something, right? Like, <laughs> Don't just stand out there. I feel like if they used him that way, I feel like that it, it would be better. And I, that's why I would start him. Like, put him in. I know you're going to pay a price on defense, but defense is not their problem. Who cares? Ain't nobody played defense anyway. Yeah, right? They they need to they need to score. And um, they play defense better when they score. So let them score. True. When uh, we, we got you on, so we got to ask, dude, what – so is Patrick McCaw, when is he going to play in uh, in Luxembourg, uh, like where McKinney played? Or what's going to uh, – when's he going to play basketball again? Will he play basketball again is a better question. But look, in his in, in the Warriors locker room, his number is still up. It's like him – I mean, technically, he and Damian Lee shares a locker. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting, but – Here's where it makes me think – well, all of this makes me think that there's something bigger than basketball that's happening. Mm. And and something that makes the Warriors say, look, like if he wants to come back, he can. Like why would they do that if it's just basketball? Ooh. Right. Like it makes me feel like they know something that we don't, we don't know. So it's like, all right, we're going we're gonna to keep our arm around this young man that we drafted, we built up, we're going to support him. It just feels like something has happened, so, and he's a wall. So nobody will know really, but I, I do. I do know. I do know some people in the organization. I've talked to him finally. So there's 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 movement, but geez, like at this point, I mean, how how, how many other teams would just cut the dude? Yeah. So I mean, there's also stop. an irony to the fact that he won't solve any of the issues you guys are talking about. He's just like <laughs> a, another version of Livingston Iguodala. That is true. So, None of them at all. I guess we were, or at least I was, kind of under the impression maybe he wanted more out of it or something like that. But if it's something that they're kind of stinking through with him on on something that's not basketball, then that's something entirely different. So that's that's what I mean, it feels like. That's the only yeah. explanation I have as to why. Yeah. I mean, look, they could. We could trade him for a piece. Where are you trading him to? For what? Yeah. <laughs> like, if unless you're making a bigger deal and you need a throw-in player, maybe that. But do you really? I mean, I guess you don't lose anything by keeping the spot. You're paying the same amount of money if you if you cut him or not. So, or actually, no, he's not even under contract. You can't even do that right now. <laughs> he has no deal, so you can't even really. Yeah, it's it's. I just feel like at this point they'd say, "Hey, man, you know." 
we're going to let you free, let you go do what you want to do. Uh, and they haven't done that. And from what I've heard, they're just, they're just probably trying to support him. So it just it feels like there's something else going on. Maybe we'll learn later. But Patrick McCall is a very private dude, so maybe we won't. Right. Is that how we're going to end the pod? I That's how we're going to end the pod. <laughs> Marcus, I appreciate you, man. So uh, you, man. I just remember when KD signs five years, $221 million, <laughs> that I told you y'all overreacted. I always like KD. Yeah, you always like KD. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you, no, for real. Gut, gut check. Is he gonna sign? Is, is he coming back? I think he will. I, I, I think he will. I've said that to to be. I, I, I only say that because I don't see him going anywhere else, and it doesn't make any sense. And here's the thing: if he signs, it can't be a one on one, one and one, right? Like I don't think he'd do it again. I think it'd be the max. I, I don't think he'd. They'd offer it to him again. You think they'd let him? So I was actually wondering <laughs> that. You think they would say? You're giving us multiple years. You're leaving. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. If if he comes back to them and says, "I want another one and one," they wouldn't be like, "All right, if that's what you want." I mean, I think in the end they probably relent. Right, but that's not Chase what they want Chase. for sure. Right? Yeah, but I think I think they at least want the three with the player option. Right. Sam thinks he's going. I do. Sam thinks he's out. You think he's out? I've Sam? changed my mind. I changed my mind weekly. I'm probably gonna change my mind <laughs> Me thirty <too>. more times. <laughs> I have no read. I, 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 and I actually, the only thing I feel confident about is, um, I don't think he. I don't think he knows. I don't think there. I don't think it's yeah, nearly yeah. as premeditated yep. as yep. LeBron. Well, not even that, but like, there's a perception he has a premeditated plan. Yep. I think he's just a dude with options who thinks you know who let me this, see him yeah yeah this looks this him. looks good to me this week i don't know like you know we all daydream <laughs> about new jobs like oh man how great would it be to work over there i don't and move know to what you're talking about i don't daydream <laughs> about no other job <laughs> hey me too man come on sam not me bro come on you know what i mean um <laughs> yeah he's just a man with options who who likes to play his options i just wonder my thing my question would be like in the end like I'm with you, I fluctuate, man. He's gone. Nah, you know what he's gonna say. Then two weeks from now, I'll be like, yeah, he's gone. But I think in the end, it will be decided in July. Like, what's the makeup of this team? How That's do they pitch it to him in the future? And like, what what are what are his real options? We know what his presumed options are right now. What do they look like in July? I do think you right? hit on. Um, I do think you hit on something. Um, a, a silent frustration over the fact that the Warriors haven't like built the team more around him, not, not just him, but like adapted it more to like him and Steph, as opposed to like you're fitting in on this team we created in 14 in 2014, 15. Yeah. I don't know that they can though, as long as he's yeah, that's, that's on the too. one years, right? They can't, they can't commit to any long-term salary. They can't, they can't sign anybody for three years, which sure. is, you know, how you get Tyreek. It's because now you're cutting into KD money. So well, I think when he's able he's to gonna, sign, they can say that. He's going to godfather it and um, and have Draymond off. Just traded. <laughs> yeah, trade for different off. players. Yes, sir. You get some KD fitting players. Give me Boom. some Otto Porter. Give me no, some nothing, Kelly nothing Oubre. Personal. None of this matters anyway when they trade Clay and Draymond for AD. And then it's AD, Steph, and KD heading into Chase. <laughs> Just hey, Steph, come on. Steph and, and Winks, man. That's always been the game plan, right? 
<laughs> always been a game plan. They're going to be like, duh, how y'all didn't know this already? <laughs> I've never been more happy if that happened. Um, actually, maybe not, but I like the idea. Does, does that get him to say? <laughs> that might get him to leave. He's like, yo, another. they might like AD more than me. Chill. I mean, hey, AD let Steph cook, man. AD just gonna roll to the rim. He gonna pop. You know, he not gonna handle. He not gonna ISO. You know, he just gonna he just gonna let maximize Steph. You know, that's how it is. So, KD, I mean, uh, AD and Giannis, my guys. And by the way, how you let Strauss take your take your uh, uh your hashtag misspell it <laughs> and claim it as his own, like he's trying to violate, like he's trying to skirt copyright. <laughs> I got I got to trademark that thing. People tell me to trademark it, but I don't know. You have it? I don't know. Should I? Yes. Logging on right now. <laughs> Sam, Sam a guy smart in my office hell. wears a Steph better shirt that just someone else made and sold. <laughs> I totally expect you to have a much better business than that. <laughs> Sam's the business guy. Sam's the business. Whoa. Sam's the business guy. He's told me to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll get my lawyers on it at, at some point. So. <laughs> uh, too late. <laughs> we'll be good. Uh, all, right, all right, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Have a good one. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com